This is the World Industrial News for Wednesday, December 21st, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part nine of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. So technology is going to come into every aspect of this because we have known to do these things for a number of years, but we simply lacked the basic tools and the basic platform to do them with. That is not true today. We have that technology. And this will be simply applying that technology to a known problem. It should be a very stable and high probability success project. Excellent, thank you. And I know, you know, personally, we've had numerous delegations in from countries over the past few months that are all focusing on this topic and grid modernization. And and Pat, you touch on it, right? I mean, even like the European energy shift and the potential that's there. Um, so thank you for that. And I think, you know, before we close out, it would be really great to hear from both of you and just um, get some of your final thoughts. Um, Mona, why don't you kick us off? You know, what are you hearing from some of the drivers in this space? I know you're you are you're knee deep into this this area. Um, any final thoughts from you? Absolutely. I think I just will reiterate what Pat said about the role of technology. I think everybody hopes and wishes to build transformational infrastructure for our country and generations to come. And we cannot do this if we do not truly build back better with technology. Um, all of us in the advocacy space have fought very hard to get software services, digitization, digitalization, monitoring and control language into the Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act. We wanted to make sure that those technologies would be eligible for programs like the Smart Grid Investment Grant Program, um, Transmission Facilitation Program, um, and, and a host of others. And so, you know, when working with the Gridwise Alliance um, and other trade associations, some of the crux of our work is to really convey back to the federal government hey, you said, you know, you said this stuff is eligible. Now we want to just make sure as you're standing up these new programs um, that you're hewing to the legislative language and that we are really going to be able to have um, companies be able to deploy this cutting edge technology so that we really can build back better and modernize our grid. Um, another concern is that states um, are really struggling with staff, you know, just post-COVID, inflation, supply chain, everything that's just kind of converging right now, um, states are understaffed and they need staff in order to get these dollars out the door. And so that is why I encourage the stakeholder outreach to them because the more that they're hearing from the folks that are actually steeped in these issues and are helping others uh, troubleshoot them, um, the, the better this money will be spent and the more likely it is to be spent on, on technology. And so, I think to the extent, uh, if there are companies out there that have government relations teams in the states to really push for digitalization in those state legislatures and make sure that that is a theme that is running through your commentary um, with, with these states. Uh, and, and with that, you know, I, I think I'll just finally conclude with saying that, you know, let's just recognize that this is an unprecedented moment and we really do have a chance to take advantage of all of the great work that has been done by so many over the past decades. And so I, I'm hopeful um, that we will, in a couple of years, start seeing some really interesting uh, projects that are going to push us forward into the next energy landscape. 
To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Global demand for coal is expected to exceed 8 billion tons in 2022, a record and should remain at roughly that level through 2025, according to a new report from the International Energy Agency. The report, Coal 2022 Analysis and Forecast to 2025, predicts surging demand in Asia, principally China and India, will offset reductions in Western countries like the U.S. The report, which was released on December 16th, has grim implications for the effort to limit worldwide growth and atmospheric concentrations of carbon dioxide and stem global warming, issues that greatly concern the IEA. U.S.-based Next Decade Corporation said it's carving out a larger market share in Europe with its planned Rio Grande liquefied natural gas export facility in Texas with a 20-year handshake from Portugal's Gulp. Since June 8th, when Freeport LNG's liquefied natural gas plant on the Texas Gulf Coast shut down due to an explosion and fire, the question has loomed, when will the plant restart? And while there has been much speculation by analysts and missed restart targets from the company, the answer to the question remains elusive. And it's an important question. The Freeport plant, when running at full capacity, can process about $2.1 billion cubic feet per day of natural gas, accounting for about 2% of total U.S. gas production and 15 million tons of LNG per year. And coal is re-emerging as a key source of energy for European countries racing to replace increasingly scarce natural gas. Gas flows from Russia into Europe have been disrupted since Russia invaded the Ukraine. At the end of June, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz's coalition government gave the green light to restart 27 coal-fired power plants until March 2024. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.